Well, it's been a, quite a 18 months, almost two years now. Um, the world's been really in the midst of upheaval. And, uh, and in the midst of that, you have those glimpses of like, oh yeah, this is what life was like. This is what things used to be like and maybe what they might be like again. And one of the things that I always loved in life was, was those little moments where you traveled, right? Anybody love to travel? And there's something beautiful about going to an airport where it just feels like things are opening up, like the endless possibilities. Where could we go? We have destination. We think we're going here. What if you were to just modify those plane tickets? Uh, and it just there's this open possibility. Uh, one of the other things is, is we don't necessarily like to spend a ton of money on those plane tickets, and so we, we tend to fly southwest, and you don't have your own seats. And, and so one of the little games you play as you're about to get on a plane is like looking at all of the other people who might also be getting on the plane and wondering, like, who might I get stuck next to uh, for this flight? And depending on the flight length, you're more worried about this. But you might look around, you might see how people are interacting, you might see how many little kids are, are crying, and, uh, and, and you might think, okay, here, I want my own seats, I hope that the, seat, the seats aren't full, uh, but if you notice there's a lot of people, okay, I'm going to be stuck with somebody, who am I going to be stuck with? And you play this game as you're getting on the plane where nobody looks at each other, everybody kind of looks at the floor, don't notice me, don't notice me, keep walking by. But everybody is doing this instant evaluation of each other of like, who's safe to be by? Who would I just, I'm going to go crazy if I'm sitting here this whole flight? And you're doing all this evaluation, maybe how they're dressed, maybe if they've got headphones, maybe if there's little ones. So you have your own evaluation tools of what makes them feel like an insider to you. And one of the things we forget about is like people are doing that to us too. You know, that they're doing the same evaluations back. And... Uh, one of my challenges is whenever I go anywhere and someone always will ask, well, what do you do? It's like, oh, man, we've got to talk religion, don't we? Well, I'm a pastor. And there's some amazing reactions to that statement. And it, and it runs the whole gambit. You know, like some people who are like, I'm shutting off here. No more conversation. Let's just stop. And then some people who will not stop talking the rest of the trip. And, and those conversations go in very different kinds of ways. But the assumption, oh, you're a pastor, you're around church, you're a Christian, therefore you must love, insert this author, this topic. And there's all these assumptions about what it means to be a Christian that we just use as a launching pad. Now, the, the person that turns off and doesn't want to talk anymore, and the person who talks the whole time, they're both reacting to the same thing. I think you're a Christian, therefore here's how I'm going to interact with you. And we might be wondering, and we might ask what this uh, community member submitted to us. Like, how do I even identify a Christian? How do I understand what's Christian and what's just culture stuff? Um, because it's, it's easy to kind of feel like you're in this kind of Christian bubble at times, if, if that's a, a bubble you are immersed into. Be like, wait, what's, what's really Christ in this? What's really what God is doing? And what's just kind of the baggage we bring and the luggage we bring onto the plane with us? That's not actually who Christ is. And so when you think about culture, I, we probably need to know what we're talking about to define what culture is. And I really enjoyed uh, the American Sociological Association. You know, um, They have a definition for uh, culture that I thought might be helpful to us. They define culture as languages, customs, beliefs, rules, arts, knowledge, and collective identities and memories developed 
by members of all social groups that make their social environments meaningful. And I really enjoyed that last piece, because a lot of the definitions are just like, okay, the things we have, the things we do, what language, what art. But like, there's also this whole thing about meaning. Like, it's not just something that you don't care about, but like, it brings life and brings meaning to you. And there's so many things that might fit into our bubble of what it means to be Christian, of like, what is Christian culture, right? And we have art and music and literature. We have so many things. So I got a list of, of some common, maybe described types of things. Like the Sistine Chapel, that feels Christian, right? Like, uh, like the beauty of art and architecture and, and worship and, and like Dante's Inferno, and how that shaped people's ideas of like hell and, and medieval kind of imagination. We, we do practices like communion and infant baptism or adult baptism and the differences in Christian cultures around those things. Uh, maybe eating practice, like people that do Friday fish fries. Is that a Christian cultural development? Uh, we have Gothic architecture and steeples and gold chain crosses and, and fish decals on cars and, and gospel music and having like like the biggest study Bible that you can have with highlighting and, and notes written into it, and robes or stoles or Holy Land trips or Bible verses put on your wall, or hospitals and education developed in Christian circles. There's so many things. You're like, okay, there's a lot. But like, what's, what's Christian in that? And what's just the added cultural baggage and sometimes that baggage is beautiful man you got a great luggage like I, I wish I could have that nice luggage you're putting on the plane but what what is Christian I mean the Sistine Chapel it feels Christian but is it Christian or is it Italian and it can be hard to figure out like how do I parse those things and what's really following Christ and and we can get into that thing where we're wondering about ourselves or we're wondering about others is this Christ or is this culture and so I want to read to you, and it might surprise you in the worship guide, we're going to get to that scripture. We're going to start with a different place from Paul, from Galatians 5, a familiar passage for, for most who are in the church, um, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Paul is talking about, prior to this passage, about works of flesh, of things that harm people, things that hurt people, things that divide people. That isn't from God, but is from uh, the flesh. And then he goes, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. I like how he says that, like, go find any culture that's going to prohibit those things. There's no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. And Paul, Paul gives us this like, criteria of like, how do I know something's of the Spirit of Christ? Like, there's this fruit. There's this way of being that comes out of being tapped into to God. Of When you are loving and submitting to God, you're going to have this fruit of patience, of kindness, of love. The, the trick is it's hard to instantaneously see those things. 
Like, we do first glances, and like, in a fraction of a second, do you know if somebody's loving? Do you know if they're kind? Like, in that momentary evaluation tool, when you're looking at how they're dressed, the language they speak, uh, their, their, the, like, the color scheme, the color palette, whatever it is, like, you're looking at these external things, it's hard to evaluate someone's fruit based on those quick visual cues. And I think about going through the, the produce section. Have you ever like struggled with like, is this fruit going to be okay? And like, if you're if you were ever well, maybe um, this is a true for everybody, but perhaps there's some men in the room who were like tasked with going to get something, and they're like, man, I don't know what I'm looking for here. What is this fruit supposed to feel like or look like? You know, and you're like, uh, is this going to be good or not? There's some studies that range because it's estimates, but everything from like. 20% to 50% of produce in the U.S. gets disposed of because it doesn't look good enough. Some of that before it even gets to the grocery store. Some of that at grocery stores. But we just look at it at a glance and we think, uh, I don't trust this. I'm not going to get that one. If I get a choice, I want the perfect looking one. But the thing is, like, fruit, fruit's not just the looks. It's the experience. It's the taste. And you don't really know if it's good or not. And for so many of us, like, we discard people based on these outward appearances, based on these, these things that we can see at first glance. But you have to experience people, get to know people, get to walk with people to see where the fruit actually is. And so some of you might be in the space and you might have felt like a discarded fruit. That God sees you and God knows what fruit's there. But there are other people in your life who've pushed you aside, who dismissed you, who ignored you. People who walked by and just said, I don't want to look at that person. People that walked by you on that aisle of the plane and didn't want to sit by you. While we might not see fruit, God does. So no matter what you hear today, no matter what we say or sing today, I hope that you know God can see you. No matter, no matter who else doesn't. Well, how do, we, how do we interact with all this cultural baggage? Because there's different shades of colors of apples. There's different, different types of fruit. But like, where's the seed of God in the midst of all of these cultures? And what do we do with all of that? So I want to read for us uh, the text that you've got in your worship guide, if you've got that with you. Uh, it's from Paul in the letter to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 9. Paul says in verse 19 and following, for though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I might share in its blessings. There's a tendency in humans that we make boundaries that feel comfortable. Like here's 
here's my bubble, here's how we dress, here's how we talk, here's what we eat, our routines. And before long, we make those boundaries into walls that people can't traverse through. We don't even set up the gates for it. And, and we just start codifying, this is what it means to be Christian, is to be this thing. And so you can see this perspective of like, uh, how, how do we reach people for Jesus? Well, if they would only just come into our community and just enter into us, they might see it. And it's like the boundaries are like, hey, come in here, experience it here, and that's how you know who God is. Uh, instead of, like Paul, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find what, wherever somebody's at, whatever culture they're in, whatever position they're into, I'm going to walk with that person. I'm going to go out into the field. And so when Paul's talking about it, it's like, hey, I'm free. And there's a whole lot of conversations about freedoms today, of like, what, what does it mean to be free? He's like, hey, I know that I'm free, but I'm going to use that freedom to be a servant to the people around me. I'm going to go do everything I can so that I might experience blessing, but also they might experience that blessing. And so he says, hey, as it goes to those who are Jewish or those who are under the law or those who are outside the law, hey, I'm up for it. I'll go. Like, it's not all that I am. I know I'm not quite away from the law because Christ has a rule over me. I know I'm not quite this thing or that thing, but I will show up to it. I will live amongst it. Not because I just enjoy traveling just for fun, but there's a purpose. I go experience other cultures. I go, I go value other cultures because I might win some. We don't like that phrasing that much. Like in practice, we want plans that are 100% effective. Like here's the model. Paul says, hey, go be like these people, go show up, and then Christ will, will be known. Everyone's going to come to Jesus. It's going to be great. But instead, it's like, hey, some. And that that's enough. No matter what you do, that, that God is going to take it and use it, and maybe there'll be some blessing and some growth and some life in the midst of it. And so it can be disheartening when we don't have the, we're not batting a thousand, we don't hit 100% of the shots we take, we don't make 100% on the grade we, we, of the assessment we took. We're like, ah, oh, I failed. I'm a failure. I'm an imperfect fruit to be discarded. But God sees the work, the life, the love, and blesses and grows in the midst of it. And so what is the purpose of culture, how does it relate to following Christ? Following Christ isn't any of that external stuff. It's an internal thing that becomes an external thing, and you can't quite examine it without spending time with it, about getting to know it, getting to live with it. And so where is the fruit of the Spirit growing up? Where is it emerging? And going to that, cherishing it, celebrating it, but not just then building a wall around wherever that tree grows up, but continuing to build more orchards, continuing to go to new places and sow the seed of God. And so what is it to create a culture that's not closed but is open? You know, like we, we think, okay, we talk about it in business world. What's our business culture and church world? What's our church's culture? 
Like, what is it to have an open stance of culture of like, hey, here's how we do things, but we are open. We are going out. We are missional. We are going to go reach people. That's our culture, is to not hold things with a tight fist, but to be open-handed, like we were talking about in the song earlier, of was to open your hands up and to surrender. And so we want to be people who plant seeds, who, who grow with God and help others grow with God. And so I wonder what it's like to, to uh, cross boundaries for Jesus, to follow Christ wherever Christ leads us. Sometimes there's pain in that. It doesn't always go perfectly. Uh, talk to Jesus about how it is to cross boundaries and to enter into to the world in which people might reject you. People might harm you, hurt you, push you aside. But that work, that life is worth it and has supreme value and meaning and as a culture, as a, as a way of life worth striving for. And so I want to encourage you to find whatever different soils are around you in your life. If, you're, if you've got a workplace, if you're in your neighborhood and your families and your friendships, like where is there a place that some seeds of love need to be planted? Some seeds of joy, of patience, of peace? Like where are those soils that need to be worked? And what is it to just show up to do the work, not to just think about it, not to just dream about it, not to just hope about it, not to just only say verbal prayers, but also physical ones of lived prayers. And for, for sometimes, we don't have access to those grounds. We, we're kept at a distance. Well, what is it to still give that fruit of love over? That maybe somebody takes it home eats it, the seeds get discarded, maybe some seeds end up in some soil. And you were from afar able to plant some orchards. So what is it to be following Christ, hopeful that God might spring up in new soils? And those, those plants, those produce, it's not always going to be the same. Uh, different acidity levels, different, you know, uh, different kinds of soils are going to have some slightly different results. But no matter what, the seed stays the same. And God's word and God's good news is going to grow. And so that's our hope, is that we, we can be a part of that work, that we can be a part of whatever joy and peace and love might spring forth in this world. Uh, and if you were on the outside thinking, I've, I've always felt like the church has blocked me out. I've never felt like I'm a part of something. Know that God has always got the open invitation and that God's love never meant to push you away. Uh, and sometimes we struggle to love like God loves. Uh, but you are invited to God's paradise, to God's kingdom, to God's wonderful vision of the world for the future. And so might we all grow up into who God has made us into being. And isn't that good news? Yeah. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I confess and we confess that there are times where I've unfairly judged somebody from afar, where I've looked and I've made an assessment and I've wrongfully evaluated your work in their life. Lord, help us to, to take your vision on. Help us to have your heart and your love 
Lord, help us to, to not spend so much focus on the peripheral, but to find value and meaning in going for you and your love and your spirit. Lord, help us to be mindful uh, that, that you are calling us not to just care about our own growth, not to just care about our own life, our own love, but to care about the world and those around us. Lord, we ask that you might be in the blessing of our lives and our pursuits and our mission. Lord, may there be some who come to know you, who come to love you, through experiencing the love that you have and we have for you. Lord, continue to speak with us in this, in this moment. Lord, let us not be soil that, that chokes out your word, but is open and receptive to wherever you lead it in our lives. We thank you and praise you. Amen.